0: Section 3 of The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 8. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Will Thompson, Franklin, Pennsylvania. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 8, by Anonymous translated by richard francis burton eighteen twenty one to eighteen ninety section three when it was the seven hundred and eighty-second night she resumed it hath reached me o auspicious king that when hassan beheld himself fallen into the hands of the damned persian he bespoke him softly but gained not thereby for the ajami cried out at him in wrath So he was silent, knowing that the fate-shaft had shot him. Then the accursed bade loose his pinion bonds, and they gave him a little water to drink, whilst the Magian laughed and said, By the virtue of the fire and the light and the shade and the heat, methought not thou wouldst fall into my nets. But the fire empowered me over thee, and helped me to lay hold upon thee, that I might win my wish and return and make thee a sacrifice to her so she may accept of me. Quoth Hassan, Thou hast foully betrayed bread and salt. Whereupon the Magus raised his hand and dealt him such a buffet that he fell, and, biting the deck with his foreteeth, swooned away, whilst the tears trickled down his cheeks. Then the Geber bade his servants light him a fire, and Hassan said, What wilt thou do with it? Replied the Magian, This is the fire, lady of light and sparkles bright this it is i worship and if thou wilt worship her even as i verily i will give thee half my monies and marry thee to my maiden daughter thereupon hassan cried angrily at him woe to thee thou art a miscreant magian who to fire dost pray in lieu of the king of omnipotent sway creator of night and day and this is not but a calamity among creeds at this the magian was wroth and said to him wilt thou not then conform with me o dog of the arabs and enter my faith but hassan consented not to this so the accursed geber arose and prostrating himself to the fire bade his pages throw him flat on his face they did so and he beat him with a hide whip made of plaited thongs till his flanks were laid open whilst he cried aloud for aid but none aided him, and besought protection, but none protected him. Then he raised his eyes to the all-powerful king, and sought of him succor in the name of the chosen prophet. And indeed patience failed him. His tears ran down his cheeks like rain, and he repeated these couplets twain. "In patience, O my God, thy doom forecast, I'll bear, and thereby come thy grace at last. They have dealt us wrong, transgressed, and ordered ill. Haply, thy grace shall pardon what is past. Then the Magian bade his negro slaves raise him to a sitting posture, and bring him somewhat of meat and drink. So they sat food before him, but he consented not to eat or drink, and Bahram ceased not to torment him day and night during the whole voyage, whilst Hasan took patience and humbled himself in supplication before Almighty Allah, to whom belong honor and glory, whereby the geber's heart was hardened against him. They ceased not to sail the sea three months, during which time Hassan was continually tortured, till Allah Almighty sent forth upon them a foul wind, and the sea grew black and rose against the ship, by reason of the fierce gale. Whereupon quoth the captain and crew, By Allah, this is all on account of yonder youth, who hath been these three months in torture with this Magian. Indeed, this is not allowed of God the Most High. Then they rose against the Magian, and slew his servants and all who were with him, which, when he saw, he made sure of death, and feared for himself. So he loosed Hassan from his bonds, and, pulling off the ragged clothes that he had on, clad him in others, and made excuses to him, and promised to teach him the craft, and restore him to his native land, saying, O my son, return me not evil, for that I have done with thee. Quoth Hassan, How can I ever rely upon thee again? And quoth Bahram, O my son, but for sin there were no pardon. Indeed, I did all these doings with thee, but to try thy patience, and thou knowest that the case is altogether in the hands of Allah. So the crew and captain rejoiced in Hassan's release, and he called down blessings on them and praised the Almighty and thanked him. With this the wind was stilled, and the sky cleared, and with a fair breeze they continued their voyage. Then said Hassan to Bahram, O master, whither wendest thou? Replied the Magian, O my son, I am bound for the mountain of clouds, where is the elixir which we use in alchemy and the geber swore to him by the fire and the light that he had no longer any cause to fear him. So Hassan's heart was set at ease, and rejoicing at the Persian's words, he continued to eat and drink and sleep with the Magian, who clad him in his own raiment. They ceased not sailing on other three months, when the ship came to anchor off a long shore line of many-colored pebbles, white and yellow and sky-blue and black and every other hue, and the Magian sprang up and said, Let us go ashore, for we have reached the place of our wish and will. So Hassan rose and landed with Bahram, after the Persian had commended his goods to the captain's care. They walked on inland, till they were far enough from the ship to be out of sight. When Bahram sat down and, taking from his pocket a kettle drum of copper and a silken strap, worked in gold with kerechts, beat the drum with the strap, until there arose a cloud of dust from the further side of the waste. Hassan marveled at the Magian's doings, and was afraid of him. He repented of having come ashore with him, and his color changed. But Bahram looked at him and said, What aileth thee, O my son? By the truth of the fire and the light, thou hast naught to fear from me. And, were it not that my wish may never be won save by thy means, I had not brought thee ashore. So rejoice in all good. For yonder cloud of dust is the dust of somewhat we will mount, and which will aid us to cut across this wald, and make easy to us the hardships thereof. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the seven hundred and eighty-third night, she continued, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the Persian said to Hassan, In very sooth yonder dust cloud is the cloud of something we will mount, and which will aid us to cut across this wall and will make easy to us the hardships thereof presently the dust lifted off three she dromedaries one of which bahram mounted and hassan another then they loaded their victual on the third and fared on seven days till they came to a wide champagne and descending into its mist they saw a dome vaulted upon four pilasters of red gold so they alighted and entering thereunder ate and drank, and took their rest. Anon Hassan chanced to glance aside, and seeing from afar a something lofty, said to the Magian, What is that, O Nuncle? Bahram replied, Tis a palace. And quoth Hassan, Wilt thou not go thither, that we may enter, and there repose ourselves, and solace ourselves with inspecting it? But the Persian was wroth, and said, Name not to me yonder palace, for therein dwelleth a foe, with whom there befell me somewhat whereof this is no time to tell thee. Then he beat the kettle drum, and up came the dromedaries, and they mounted and fared on other seven days. On the eighth day, the Magian said, O Hasan, what seest thou? Hasan replied, I see clouds and mists twixt east and west. Quoth Bahram, that is neither clouds nor mists, but a vast mountain and a lofty whereon the clouds split and there are no clouds above it for its exceeding height and surpassing elevation. Yon mount is my goal, and thereon is the need we seek. Tis for that I brought thee hither, for my wish may not be won save at thy hands. Hassan, hearing this, gave his life up for lost, and said to the Magian, By the right of that thou worshipest, and by the faith wherein thou believest, I conjure thee to tell me what is the object wherefore thou hast brought me. Bahram replied, save by means of an herb, which groweth in the place where the clouds pass, and whereon they split. Such a sight is yonder mountain, upon whose head the herb groweth, and I purpose to send thee up thither to fetch it, and when we have it, I will show thee the secret of this craft which thou desirest to learn. Hassan answered in his fear, Tis well, O my master. And indeed he despaired of life, and wept for his parting from his parent and people and patrial stead repenting him of having gainsaid his mother, and reciting these two couplets. Consider but thy lord, his work shall bring comfort to thee with quick relief and near. Despair not when thou sufferest sorest bane, in bane how many blessed boons appear. They ceased not faring on till they came to the foothills of that mountain, where they halted, and Hassan saw thereon a palace, and asked Bahram, What be yonder palace? Whereto he answered, "'Tis the abode of the John, and Ghouls, and Satans.'" Then the Magian alighted, and making Hassan also dismount from his dromedary, kissed his head, and said to him, "'Bear me no ill will anent that I did with thee, for I will keep guard over thee in thine ascent to the palace, and I conjure thee not to trick and cheat me of aught thou shalt bring therefrom, and I and thou will share equally therein.'" And Hassan replied, "'To hear is to obey.'" Then Bahram opened a bag, and taking out a handmill and a sufficiency of wheat, ground the grain and kneaded three round cakes of the flour, after which he lighted a fire and baked the bannocks. Then he took out the copper kettle drum and beat it with the broidered strap, whereupon up came the dromedaries. He chose out one, and said, Hearken, O my son, O Hassan, to what I am about to enjoin on thee. And Hassan replied, Tis well. Bahram continued, "Lie down on the skin, and I will sew thee up therein, and lay thee on the ground. Whereupon the racham birds will come to thee and carry thee up to the mountain top. Take this knife with thee, and when thou feelest that the birds have done flying and have set thee down, slit open therewith the knife and come forth. The vultures will then take fright at thee and fly away. Whereupon do thou look down from the mountain head and speak to me." And I will tell thee what to do. So he sewed him up in the skin, placing therein three cakes and a leathern bottle full of water, and withdrew to a distance. Presently the vulture pounced upon him, and taking him up, flew away with him to the mountain top, and there set him down. As soon as Hassan felt himself on the ground, he slipped the skin, and coming forth, called out to the Magian, who hearing his speech rejoiced and danced for excessive joy, saying to him, Look behind thee, and tell me what thou seest. Hassan looked, and, seeing many rotten bones and much wood, told Bahram, who said to him, This be what we need and seek. Make six bundles of the wood, and throw them down to me, for this is wherewithal we do alchemy. So he threw him the six bundles, and when he had gotten them into his power, he said to Hassan, O gallows bird, I have won my wish of thee, and now, if thou wilt... Thou mayst abide on this mountain, or cast thyself down to the earth and perish. So saying, he left him and went away. And Hassan exclaimed, There is no majesty and there is no might save in Allah, the glorious, the great. This hound hath played traitor with me. And he sat bemoaning himself and reciting these couplets. When God upon a man possessed of reasoning, hearing, and sight, His will in aught to pass would bring, He stops his ears, and blinds his eyes, and draws his wit, From him, as one draws out the hairs to paste that cling, Till, his decrees fulfilled, he gives him back his wit, That therewithal he may receive admonishing. So say thou not of aught that haps, how happened it, For fate and fortune fixed do order everything. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, And ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the seven hundred and eighty-fourth night, she pursued it hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the magian sent Hassan to the mountain top and made him throw down all he required, he presently reviled him and left him, and wended his ways, and the youth exclaimed, "There is no majesty, and there is no might save in Allah, the glorious, the great, this damned hound hath played the traitor." Then he rose to his feet and looked right and left. After which he walked on along the mountain top, in mind making certain of death. He fared on thus till he came to the counter slope of the mountain, along which he saw a dark blue sea, dashing with billows clashing and yeasting waves, each as it were a lofty mount. So he sat down and repeated what he might of the Quran, and besought Allah the Most High to ease him of his troubles, or by death or by deliverance from such strait. Then he recited for himself the funeral prayer, and cast himself down into the main. But the waves bore him up by Allah's grace, so that he reached the water unhurt, and the angel in whose charge is the sea watched over him, so that the billows bore him safe to land by the decree of the Most High. Thereupon he rejoiced and praised Almighty Allah, and thanked him, after which he walked on in quest of something to eat, for stress of hunger, and came presently to the place where he had halted with the Magian, Bahram. Then he fared on a while, till, behold, he caught sight of great palace, rising high in air, and he knew it, for that of which he had questioned the Persian, and he had replied, Therein dwelleth a foe of mine. Hassan said to himself, By Allah, needs must I enter yonder palace. Perchance relief awaiteth me there. So coming to it, and finding the gate open, He entered the vestibule, where he saw seated on a bench two girls like twin moons, with a chess cloth before them, and they were at play. One of them raised her head to him and cried out for joy, saying, By Allah, here is the son of Adam, and methinks tis he who Bahram the Magian brought hither this year. So Hassan, hearing her words, cast himself at their feet and wept with sore weeping, and said, Yes, O my ladies, by Allah. I am indeed that unhappy then said the younger damsel to her elder sister bear witness against me o my sister that this is my brother by covenant of the law and that i will die for his death and live for his life and joy for his joy and mourn for his mourning so saying she rose and embraced him and kissed him and presently taking him by the hand and her sister with her led him into the palace where she did off with his ragged clothes, and brought him a suit of king's raiment, wherewith she arrayed him. Moreover, she made ready all manner of viands, and set them before him, and sat and ate with him, she and her sister. Then said they to him, Tell us thy tale with yonder dog, the wicked, the wizard, from the time of thy falling into his hands to that of thy freeing thee from him. And after we will tell thee all that hath passed between us and him, so thou mayst be on thy guard against him, and thou see him again. Hearing these words, and finding himself thus kindly received, Hasan took heart of grace, and reason returned to him, and he related to them all that had befallen him with the Magian from first to last. Then they asked, Didst thou ask him of this palace? And he answered, Yes, but he said, Name it not to me, for it belongeth to ghouls and satans. At this the two damsels waxed wroth with exceeding wrath, and said, Did that miscreant style us ghouls and satans? And Hassan answered, Yes. Cried the younger sister, By Allah, I will surely do him die with the foulest death, and make him to lack the wind of the world. Quoth Hassan, And how wilt thou get at him, to kill him? For he is a crafty magician. And quoth she, He is in a garden by name al-Mushayyad, and there is no help but that I slay him before long. Then said her sister, Sooth spake Hasan in everything he hath recounted to us of this cur, but now tell him our tale, that all of it may abide in his memory. So the younger said to him, Know, O my brother, that we are the daughters of a king of the mightiest kings of the Jan, having marids for troops and guards and servants, And Almighty Allah blessed him with seven daughters by one wife. But of his folly such jealousy and stiff-neckedness and pride beyond compare got hold upon him, that he would not give us in marriage to any one. and, summoning his wazirs and emirs, he said to them, Can ye tell me of any place untrodden by the tread of men and jinn, and abounding in trees and fruits and rills? And quoth they, What wilt thou therewith, O king of the age? And quoth he, I desire there to lodge my seven daughters. Answered they, O king, the place for them is at the castle of the mountain of clouds, built by an ifrit of the rebellious jinn, who revolted from the covenant of our lord Solomon, on whom be the peace. Since his destruction, none hath dwelt there, nor man nor jinni, for it is cut off, and none may win to it. And the castle is gird about with trees and fruits and rills, and the water running around it is sweeter than honey and colder than snow. No one who is afflicted with leprosy or elephantiasis or what not else drinketh thereof, but he is healed forthright. Hearing this, our father sent us hither with an escort of his troops and guards, and provided us with all that we need here. When he is minded to ride to us, he beateth a kettle drum, whereupon all his hosts present themselves before him and he chooseth whom he shall ride and dismisseth the rest but when he desireth that we shall visit him he commandeth his followers the enchanters to fetch us and carry us to the presence so he may solace himself with our society and we accomplish our desire of him after which they again carry us back hither our five other sisters are gone a hunting in our desert wherein our wild beasts past compt or calculation and it being our turn to do this, we two abide at home to make ready for them food. Indeed, we had besought Allah, extolled and exalted be he, to vouchsafe us as son of Adam, to cheer us with his company, and praised be he who hath brought thee to us. So be of good cheer, and keep thine eyes cool and clear, for no harm shall befall thee. Hasan rejoiced and said, Alhamdulillah laud to the lord who guideth us into the path of deliverance and inclineth hearts to us then his sister rose and taking him by the hand led him into a private chamber where she brought out to him linen and furniture that no mortal can avail unto presently the other damsels returned from hunting and birding and their sisters acquainted them with hassan's case whereupon they rejoiced in him and going into him in his chamber saluted him with the salam and gave him joy of his safety then he abode with them in all the solace of life and its joyance riding out with them to the chase and taking his pleasure with them whilst they entreated him courteously and cheered him with converse till his sadness ceased from him and he recovered health and strength and his body waxed stout and fat by dint of fair treatment and pleasant time among the seven moons in that fair palace with its gardens and flowers for indeed he led the delightsomest of lives with the damsels who delighted in him and he yet more in them. And they used to give him drink of the honeydew of their lips, these beauties with the high bosoms, adorned with grace and loveliness, the perfection of brilliancy, and in shape very symmetry. Moreover, the youngest princess told her sisters how Bahram the Magian had made them of the ghouls and demons and satans, and they swear that they would surely slay him. Next year the accursed Geber again made his appearance, having with him a handsome young Muslim, as he were the moon, bound hand and foot, and tormented with grievous tortures, and alighted with him below the palace walls. Now Hassan was sitting under the trees by the side of the stream, and when he espied Bahram, his heart fluttered, his hue changed, and he smote hand upon hand. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section three.